Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. Um, so, two orders of business. We, a, we just watched Power of the Daleks, episode five. That's not one of the orders of business, right? I guess that could be an order of business, so we watched it. Sure. Three orders of business. <laughs> one, we just watched episode five of Power of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Uh, at the end of the last one, you were curious as to, po- as to why Lesterson wasn't reacting to the size of the inside of the Dalek ship. Yes, I was thinking about that again at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, and I I promised at the end of the last episode to check the camera script, oh, right. which I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to read directly from that scene right now. Um so I'm I'm leaning away from you, so don't shout out anything interesting. Uh, but basically, the 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 scene before it, where he sort of sees it, the Dalek capsule. He says, "Oh, they're far, they're reproducing." Then he moves to the capsule fearfully, and then they cut to Telecine because that whole scene was on film. Um, and as best as I can tell, shot one is was sound on film. Um, was Lesterson's face surprised as he moves his body bent in the restricted space along the right hand side of the capsule shot two ahead of Lesterson is a lighted tunnel then dips down and bends away shot three Lesterson moves down the tunnel a door closes behind him shutting him off from the land uh, lab shot four end of the tunnel Lesterson emerges out of the tunnel and stands in the semi-darkness slowly raising his head um so maybe it we might not necessarily get the full impression of it on screen, but perhaps it looked more like a tunnel than something that was bigger on the inside than the outside. It could be. Or maybe that's what it was meant to be, that the Daleks actually have just been tunneling from the capsule mm-hmm. and they've got, you know, basically a secret base underground somewhere. Like the Great Escape. Kind of like the Great Escape. Mm-hmm. Only I suspect... Uh, that it's going to end differently for for the folks of the secret tunnel. Although not that much. No, uh, I think there is a famous um, scene in which the Dalek uh, on a motorbike jumps a fence into Switzerland. Um, yeah. Actually, I would I would be amused by a, a Dalek on a motorbike, just in general, and then jumping a fence into Switzerland. Yeah, that's, a, that's good stuff. Order of business number three. We also hinted at the end of last week's episode that, oh, perhaps are we going to be recording another episode before uh, Tuesday, September 5th, which we never ended up doing. Um, but now that it's out in the wild, we're doing a, sh- a limited run podcast about the prisoner. Yep. Uh, Lazy Doctor Who will officially have its first spin-off podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess that, that that's right. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, you know, it's our show. We can we can call it a spin-off if we want. Yeah, they're, they're both our shows. Uh, so so yes, it will still be on the Incomparable Network. It will not be in the Lazy Doctor Who feed because it's not Doctor Who, um, and it's a uh, it's a little bit less lazy. It is going to be in Lazy Doctor Who style. It will just be Stephen and I sitting together on the couch talking about it after we record. But there will be planning and you know some calendar scheduling in order to get it in. So it won't be Lazy the Prisoner. In fact, we have what? It's not. That's a silly name for one, right. but it is a lazy name. So I, I could understand why we would call it if we did. But anyway. But no, not now. I, the more I think about it, the more I like Lazy the Prisoner, which makes it like if you had a comma in there, it'd be like about a podcast about a prisoner whose name actually happens to be Lazy. Lazy the Prisoner. Uh, but no, it's not any of those things. In fact, we have come up with an entirely different name for it. And that is 
in the village pretty appropriate if you are familiar with uh, with the prisoner podcast it takes place in the village so that is what we're calling it it is going to be available on the tv feed for the incomparable network uh if you haven't delved too deeply into what's going on on the incomparable network i recommend you do at the incomparable.com uh tv that's t-e-e-v-e-e is kind of this really sweet master feed in which there are a bunch of like kind of mini shows that are about all different TV shows. Um, it's it's pretty cool. There's lots of lots of good geeky stuff being delved into every week. There are like super flash cast recaps of shows right after they air. There are some people rewatching things from the beginning. It's it's just all good stuff. So it made sense for us to put in the village on there. Uh, it will have its own feed, so if you don't want all of that stuff, you can subscribe just to In the Village. I think it may already be available on iTunes. Yes, yes it is. Yep. So, right now, as of the day that we record and release this podcast, the only one that is available um, episode of In the Village is our first little like teaser episode. It's like an episode zero. Just saying, you know, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. T- talking about the uh, 50th anniversary of the show and and uh, and it's just fun. So feel free to download that, listen, see if it sounds like something you would want to hear. And yeah, we hope you do. I think we mused about uh, doing The Prisoner a few episodes back and a couple people said, oh, I'd like to hear a Prisoner podcast or something like that. And that's all we needed really was a couple people to say, yeah. It was actually, it was more than a couple people. I don't remember. It was a handful at least. Three. If we're using, if we're using general terms, um, a few, a handful I don't want to give a number because I don't remember for sure, but I would say a handful. Bet- between the um, the Twitter feed and the members Slack for the Incomparable Network, um, we had a few members that were pretty excited about that too. So the the people have requested it. We do what we do for the people. That we do. It's coming September 29th, the 50th anniversary of the UK premiere. We'll be following each episode that we do will be coming out on the 50th anniversary of its original UK broadcast. So that both dictates the order that we'll be doing it in because there is no true one number order. Um, And uh, also it means that there's a couple weeks break in January because then it moved to Thursdays. So it'll be on Fridays mm-hmm. because that matches the time. And then like the last three episodes will be on like Thursdays in the late January and early February because we are adhering, as you said, planning yep. right to the bone. And the the fun thing is, is that, is that we won't be, um, uh, postponing lazy doctor who not at all. In fact, our personal deal is that we, with every, Doctor Who episode we watch with every prisoner episode we watch we have to watch a lazy Doctor Who usually we do lazy Doctor Who first as we are doing now mm-hmm. eventually and then uh, well, as, as we right after we record this we'll be watching another episode of the prisoner but I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to know I don't want you to know where we are in our journey mm-hmm. yep so I mean Doctor Who lazy Doctor Who is still still pretty lazy yeah. um even though technically, I guess it's on the calendar on the days that we need to record the prisoner. But I, we we thought it was important since it's a spinoff show that we don't take too much focus away from the show that spawned it all. Mm-hmm. This lazy Doctor Who. So in order to make sure we keep going with that, yep, at least one episode um, watched of Doctor Who and then podcasted about before we watch an episode of the prisoner. And I think that that is that is good and fair and still still kind of lazy enough. 
You know, we don't we don't want the thing where Joss Whedon decides to focus on Angel a bunch and Buffy the Vampire Slayer starts to starts to falter a bit. You know, like that's that's sad. We don't want that to happen. So we're we're making sure things things are good from the the get go. Did Buffy uh, go downhill once he started focusing on Angel? It depends on who you ask, but many people will tell you yes. What uh, what season was that? I don't know the exact seasons, but um, I know some people were not big fans of like season six. That season with the musical episode? You're asking me questions that a, like an actual Buffy fangirl might know the answer to, but that does not describe me. I actually do know that it was in the sixth oh, season. Yeah, okay. six seasons are a curse. I think Next Generation had a bit of a dip in their sixth season, too. Well, I, we're never going to get to the sixth season of Doctor Who if we don't start talking about it. So, yeah, episode five. We will get to the sixth episode of Power of the Dogs <laughs> if we don't start talking about this one. So, yeah, episode five, Power of the Daleks. Polly's back, at the very least. Yes, she is. Polly's back, and she is doing her Polly best. At, uh, <coughs> Polly best, yeah. Yep, she's um, using her... Her charisma. She is talking and making sense and using logic and just yeah. It's I've been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> this weekend. Say, using charisma. She rolled high for initiative. I, I does I use that right? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't no, not at all. Mm, nope. Uh, but no, she rolled high on her charisma check. Her persuasion check. Okay. We'll go with D and D five E rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, not the power of crawl rules. <laughs> Deep cut. Is that five E's power yeah, curl five E? Yeah. Production code joke, everyone. Ooh, that would have been much, much. Never mind. I'm not even going to go down that road because it was about to get even, even no. dorkier. Uh, no, Polly's great. She's always great. Um, it's nice to see her. She's also being sort of, you know, strong backed and and uh, and snarky a little mm-hmm. bit because she just says, uh, "No, I can't hand you that screwdriver or whatever because my hands are tied up and I wouldn't help you anyway." Good for you, girl. Yeah. And and then uh, I like how she basically convinces those two guys mm-hmm. who are captors that, uh, oh, geez, you know, story checks out. Uh, I guess maybe the Daleks might be bad. Let's go and tell Janley or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's seeding doubt. Yep. Well, she was seeding doubt until she started to try to seed doubt about Janley. Yeah. And that didn't go over very well because What's-His-Face is quite sweet on her. Valmar, I think? Yes. Yeah, yeah it was Valmar. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Valmar. You know that's gonna go nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you, it, you know, when you're the bad guys, you're not getting a happy ending. Nope. That's just that's just the way it works. No, I'm just saying that I think uh, Janley's out of his league. Oh well, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm shipping Janley and Valmar right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, really. <laughs> I think Valmar is shipping <laughs> yeah. Janley and Valmar. Yeah. Um. What else happened in this? Oh, there's a big coup. A coup happened. The governor is dead, uh, and Bregan has taken over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, he's terrible, and he's mean, and he's awful, but he's actually very good at his job. He's he's getting things done very efficiently. Bregan, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yep. You know, been bringing in his own guards from the interior. We already had it established last yeah. time that uh, Hagen's uh, supporters were all on, around the exterior. Um, so yeah, these untrustworthy interior brigands are... Uh, are now all suited up with their guns and they it seems like they've got the run of the place. Uh, I didn't see any guards dressed any other way. I don't think they have helmets on. These guys they have little bowl helmets on kind of like in um space balls. Yeah, now that I think about it, the guard that like yelled toward Lesterson might not have had that on. So there might still be some of the original guards wandering around, but mm-hmm. but anyway, 
Reagan very just subtly took over and you know certainly probably nobody else would have even noticed that there was any kind of a change because it's just you know there are guards that's what guards do Reagan is supposed to be sitting in the governor's chair and taking care of things because Hagen's out on a road trip you know touring the country mm-hmm. and yeah so everything seems perfectly fine you know nobody in the you know the typical civilians they're not noticing anything nope. it's only when Hagen returns a little bit early and then wow what a scene between him and Bregan Bregan was just cool as a cucumber wow power move sitting in his chair refusing to get up I can't remember his name but it can't be Hagen because it's not Bregan and Hagen because that no. would be silly it, why can't I remember his name I keep Hill, wanting to call him Chin Hill he Hefner. It's not Hefner. Hefner. It, start, it starts with an H for sure. Okay. Um, so, he, he, Doug Henning. Doug Henning. <laughs> I don't think it's Doug Henning. No? Nope. Um, yeah. I don't know either. Stephen was going to try to look it up here, but it's... <sighs> keep scrolling. Hensel! Hensel. You combine them. You combine Bregan and Hensel into Hagen. Yeah. I feel like Hagen is from something else. Probably another Doctor Who episode that I'm... Getting mixed up with. Went to school with a Hagen. That's true, a story actually, yeah. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I, listener, I can I can see his face and tell that he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise, don't trust him. I don't, Jefferson Hagen was his first name. I always remember him because his name was Jefferson. I never knew a Jefferson before. Mm. Wow. Yeah, not Lesterson, who's gone quite mad in this episode. Yeah. Well, I feel like he's been kind of quite mad from the beginning. Yeah. It's just that his, the focus of his madness was something that was more socially acceptable mm-hmm. at the beginning because he's really excited about what he's doing so he's just he's got this sing- single-minded focus early on and sort of ignores what everybody else tells him ignores <clears throat> the rules and just goes ahead and does it and i don't think that what he's doing now is such a far cry it's just it's the same kind of single-minded focused madness that he had before but now there's so much fear uh, mixed in with it that he looks much more off his rocker yeah i think i think uh once again i've forgotten the actor's name because we're all about forgetting names today um but i think he's channeling whoever played um dr frankenstein in frankenstein from 1931 because there's the way he's sort of going out and yelling around it sounds very much like the guy who says it's alive it's alive that sort of Mm -hmm. over the top sort of delivery it's a mad scientist trope kind of yep so yeah, I, I, I do appreciate that he has seen the error of his ways and immediately wants to go and talk to the examiner uh, about it. But he is he's kind of an ivory tower scientist in the way that he doesn't understand how normal people sort of react, like the, the, the real world, so to speak. Sometimes you get people who are in academia who just navigate very well within those confines but then they get out into you know any other situation and don't have the social cues and stuff to be able to know what's going to get them success and what's not Mm -hmm. and i think he just assumes i am a very smart person and i'm really upset right now therefore everybody around me is going to take me seriously and listen to what i have to say and take action based upon that whereas no from the outside if you're not an academic you just look like a crazy man running around who has just he's had a breakdown and somebody needs to come and take care of him and give him a blanket and a cookie and pat him on the head and lock the key so 
Yeah. <laughs> it's an allegory about how scientists are being treated today. Mm. Oh, huh. sad. Um, <laughs> He's basically a climate change scientist, and everyone's. But that's this is how he appears to everyone else, like a raving lunatic. Yeah, but no, he's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have the clout or the calmness to be able to do anything about the doctor and Quinn. Like, if he had come out being more just sort of under his own control, he might have been able to talk his way into the cell and get the doctor released for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was acting differently enough from usual that that didn't happen. And the doctor and Quinn had to, you know, get themselves out, which I still, still appreciate the doctor using the sonic, um, uh, sonic tools, whether it be a glass or a recorder or what, to, uh, to unlock the doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We never actually see, well, we don't see anything because it's no. telestamps, but uh, we don't actually see, he, d- he manages to unlock the door off screen, basically in between yep. scenes. Yep. Yeah. So we don't really know which, which it was. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. I love it when Doctor Who goes, like, ingenuity um, <clears throat> yeah. in those sorts of ways. And not only ingenuity, but, like, creativity. So you have the creativity of, of the writer to make a lock. Like, this is this is this kind of a lock, which is something that we would not think of in, mm-hmm. in our world. And then have the creativity to have a character figure out the answer using a cup and some water. And it's something that children or anyone watching at home could, like, duplicate and have fun with themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, how many kids realize you could actually do that on a glass until I said on Doctor Who? They probably couldn't duplicate opening a sonic lock. I'm guessing not too many kids in the 60s had those. But, yes, making a noise with a glass or crystal cup, mm-hmm. certainly something that is... Uh, I wonder how many kids... Uh, mo- I wonder how many kids' mothers ended up really ticked off after this story because their children knocked glasses off of the, uh, off of the counter or cut themselves because they were trying to be like the doctor. <laughs> It's bad influence. Yes, this is where Mary Whitehouse got her start. They go, oh, Doctor Who has been using glasses and water. We must ban it all. Ironically enough, uh, when uh, Verity Lambert was uh, putting the show together back in 1963, she saw a French avant-garde music group that based, I can't remember the name of the band right now, but they basically made music from glass and like basically what the doctor was doing and thought, oh, I want that. That's what I want our TV theme to sound like. And so they kind of got that through synthesizers and tape loops and stuff but yeah the band themselves were i think touring at the time and they were not not available to to do anything with them Mm -hmm. so verity was bummed but i'm glad it worked out this way yeah very much so um well one other thing i was gonna mention about bragan was but when he says like when he sort of is about to take power or just did take power i like that he sort of says finally i'll get someone to listen to me like i feel like the whole time he's just sort of like wanted basically to be an authoritarian and wanted to be like have people listen to him because he has ideas damn it so there's another reason why he wants power you know everyone wants power for a different reason he actually states in this episode which i thought was neat anyway yeah i like that too it was it was kind of like we're we're seeing shifts in these characters a Mm -hmm. bit you know you've we've talked about lesterson's shift where you know we saw into his soul a little bit as as the fear ramps up whereas for for Bregan, he has seemed like this just very calm, you know, in control fellow who nothing nothing seems to ruffle his feathers. He just he does what he needs to be done and he usually has the upper hand and is very good at that. And then yeah, as soon as everybody else is gone, you see that facade crack and it's like 
an entitled little 11 year old boy going <laughs> finally somebody will listen to me <laughs> I have all these stories I want to tell and nobody cares on the playground like that's that is totally how it came off there's issues there mm. there's issues diving back I'm in, yeah he must just be he must have been like one of five children or something and no one ever paid attention to him and now he's this yep yeah Yep, uh, you know, striking back at, at all of the world for the crap that he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's it's sad, really. Mm-hmm. It is. Pity, Bregan. Pity poor Bregan. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, okay, my pity is done. Good. Uh, and, of course, the episode ends with a very famous sequence because it exists, even though it doesn't, uh, they used a lot of different uh, telesnaps for that because that's one of the few clips that exists. And boy, does it go on forever. The uh, Daleks conquer and destroy Dal, And then you see the same four Daleks go around the corner of the set. We should watch it later. Um, and, and and that's where it ends as the Daleks are going off, going off to war by the looks of it. They're, they're going to have some fun. And uh, yeah, like if you're a Futurama, Futurama watcher, this is the original, hey baby, you want to kill all humans. Like, because you actually do have the Daleks saying, kill all humans again and again mm-hmm. in in multiple different ways yeah so i don't know that future my episode oh it's uh I, I believe bender has said it more than once but i think there is one where he's sleeping and uh fry is sleeping over and in his sleep he's saying hey baby you want to kill all humans is that the one where they're staying in his like his little cupboard yeah. yeah which which that's not his entire apartment fry mm-hmm. like he's fries forced to stay there and suddenly realizes wait a minute you've got so many more square feet yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like someone staying in the police box without discovering the fact that there's a tars attached yeah. to it <laughs> exactly oh well played mm-hmm. thank you bring it back around all right uh is that it for this one then um i guess so we had janley being great uh, yeah. again taking uh I, I did kind of appreciate like she is just devious and sneaky because she instantly pivoted to um calling into question the sanity really of lesterson you know he's he's in there and he's saying all of these things and she she's like oh, you told me you know you know you have you reported to the hospital yet you told me you were going to obviously or promised me he's like i promised no such thing because of course he didn't but yeah that was it, it seems to strike me as perfect for her character because at the beginning when she was using the death of uh, Resno uh, thank you of Resno uh, as a first of all being sneaky enough to keep it a secret and smart enough to hold it in her back pocket until a time that she needs it and, and yeah so she's she is the most calculating I think of everybody I mean maybe Bregan's up there too but he just seems less devious about it Bregan uses power basically whereas Janley sort of sneaks her way around and manipulates more I think mm-hmm. yeah definitely more manipulation yeah. which she's very good at yes. well we'll find out what happens in the exciting conclusion of the power of the Daleks in episode 6 yep <laughs> goodbye goodbye <laughs>